Hey guys, welcome to another Addicted Fishing Podcast. We're sitting here in the studio with the legendary Josh Handy. What's up, guys? And, and unfortunately, Marlon Lefevre could not make it today. And we've got another special guest in the house, as you've heard him on many Addicted Lives and podcasts before and live feeds. Got Mr. Nick Popov. Yes, sir. Yeah. Before we get started, we got something special because Marlon's not here. I do want to give a big shout out to Nick Wax for sponsoring this podcast. If you guys need your Gore-Tex refreshing, all you winter steelheaders out there. Or trout fishermen, or maybe winter bass, sturgeon. I don't know what the hell it is. but Anyone that fishes in the rain. Yeah, yeah. If you fish in the rain in the Northwest, like we all do, uh, get yourself some Nick Wax and uh, keep that Gore-Tex nice and fresh. Fresh, clean. Fresh and amazing. water repellent. It but is. Marlon's not here today. So what should we talk about without Marlon being here? I got an idea. What's Marlon's We got Nick Popov in the house. Ooh, what should we talk yeah. about? Let's talk beads. Let's talk some beads. Marlon's <laughs> favorite subject. It's the only time we're going to get the opportunity to talk some beads with Nick Popov and with no Marlin. That's right. No <laughs> no uh, arguing about whether they work or not. <laughs> no, there's no arguing for not sure. Anymore, man. It's pretty. I don't know. He's pretty stubborn. He's stubborn, but I think he's going to start picking that rod yeah. up. Yeah. It's hard not to. I mean, they work. No. You know? They do work. Well, it's funny because at the start of this podcast, uh, you know, we're sitting here talking in the shop and he's like, you need to leave me some of our new. Uh, a new some of our new mustad bead hooks that we've got coming out so you know we definitely we're going to talk a little bit about those in, in just a few minutes yeah. but uh you know he was i think he's he sees the writing on the wall he's tired of getting cleaned up on <laughs> yeah yeah there are days With man i mean you know those other techniques work just like anything but some days man it's that's what they want that's 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 your most uh natural presentation and and find a i feel like it's more days where they do want that than days where they don't want that yeah, though yeah yeah like i agree mm -hmm. i don't fish beads as much as probably either one of you guys because i'm like marlon kind of well, stuck fish in my them. ways yeah i but fish them a lot because i think it depends the on the rivers right too there's there are a few i've fished a couple rivers in my life where beads just don't work yeah i mean it's they're not as productive as, as you know, a jig or a jig and prawn or, or whatever it may be. But You know, and we talked about that in a past podcast. We were talking about the types of water. Like, you mm -hmm. get into those rivers that are like the mm -hmm. big boily rivers where, you know, sometimes having like a, a jig that's kind of suspended going through the boulders and kind of right. working some of the deeper ledges and whatnot seem to work better. But then you get into some of those lower stretches of those rivers where you get the nice ripples and stuff, and this is a bead show. Right. But, I mean, first things first, so I just want to knock it right out of the park and knock it and get it out of the way. What's your favorite color bead, Mr. Nick Popoff? I don't have one. Because it's all color. <laughs> yeah. So. I mean, no, 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 no. There has to be one killer color because I know I've seen your damn bead box. Well, so I, I fished. I have a theory. I fish in high water. I fish orange orange and yellow um you know anything with like a mottled orange um and then as the water begins to drop i switch over to my pinks and clear you know smaller clearer beads stuff like that iridescence and stuff clear clearer 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 clear clear i've heard clear have you too. done the clear thing i have actually i've caught fish on it too no kidding yeah that's a grant shealy thing right yeah it actually all started with grant that's Shealy. Crazy. actually me and brandon were talking about it one day and he's like i got i'm because grant is like it doesn't matter whether you're fishing, you know, flashers or whatever it is. He doesn't mm -hmm. believe color matters because there's always a scenario that could be, you know. Well, you more... can't use always and never in fishing. Right. That's true. Yeah. Right? yeah you, just, you cannot. <laughs> you cannot. Do that. Yeah. Yeah. So he's he's a big like he believes that color has nothing to do with it. 
So Brandon was like, well, let's just send him a box of completely clear beads. And so the whole box, and he's like, and then I, I said, leave a note there that says color don't matter or something, you know. And, and so he sent it to him. And within a day, he had pictures of fish caught on that bead. You know, so, I mean, I think it's presentation size, you know, depending on what the clarity of the water is. But it's clear. I mean. It has Unless to be the way so it's like ref refracting the water it's somehow, the light, light to, in the water, the light hitting yeah. the water, I think, still gives it. And a it's presentation. that shape, I think. Right. Mm -hmm. The yeah, deep I mean, it's egg the shape, instinctively, something that shape rolling down yeah. the river, they're going to go over and mouth it. Well, haven't you seen those videos where like cutthroat and stuff like that are laying in the current and just everything that's coming by leaves? It doesn't matter what it is; they're grabbing it. You know, well, grab like it, every, put it in their evergreen mouth, spit pods, it they'll grab and spit it out. Well, yeah. even stuff you don't see too. Like you right. watch a little, like all of a sudden it just shoots over the side, opens its mouth, and you're like, it didn't. What did yeah, it grab? Well, yeah, like what did it grab? Of the smallest bug grabbed a clear bead, right? A clear bead because you could see it. A clear bead because you couldn't see it. Oh my god! <laughs> but you know, so I, I think it's just, I think it's presentation based. You know, I mean, it's there's no perfect color. I don't think. I don't think you could put one bead on and go, I'm going to catch fish every day on this because it's not going to happen. So we have to test it now. That's right. Not to go back to another topic, but. Oh no! We 2021. Make, we have to make a clear a clear worm. worm. <laughs> oh! oh. still have the dirty. color of the head, but that is cut, genius, Mister Handy. Talking about clear That's beads. Point. We are catching a fish on a clear worm. Well, how do you make a clear jig head now? Clint. Clint will figure it out. With the clear you jig make head. the clear worm. Yeah. yeah, because if you don't do something with a clear jig head, people are going to say, oh, well, it was because of the jig well, head. Well, you yeah. can thread the worm like you, you can drift it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, you can drift it, yeah. and that's going to show more of a like presentation in the water you know with it lengthwise and yeah. just the size yeah, just put a little clear bead stop yeah. on it i mean i mean literally you fish it like a bead maybe a little longer dude it might be leader a little or a, or a little longer space a bigger space can right, we get those to, made back tomorrow. to beads well we were talking color so you know we <laughs> yeah. wanted to go to color and, I just, and an idea popped in my head and nick so. said clear but no that's no <laughs> look for the upcoming addicted life it's already copyrighted <laughs> where we challenge marlin only to fish a clear worm <laughs> or a clear bead marlin, be the only bead marlin gets to use is a clear one <laughs> what's your favorite color josh um so i don't fish beads obviously as much as you guys but if i had a color that i like if i look in my box and i'm like okay it's usually like like i don't look at watercolor because i'm not going to fish beads personally unless right. the water's cleaner it would be like a candy pink almost. I'd probably be one that I'd go for. Like a cerise style mm -hmm. or something. Like, like a cerise that. style. Mm -hmm. Like a translucent one or a solid one? Solid. Are you talking about, you're like, talking like about those. Yes. Iridescent, like yep. Nick was talking about. Steelhead candy is yeah. what I've heard them referred to as before. Yeah, and I think that those, like, that's where color comes into play. Is like you were saying, I don't fish it unless the water's clear. But in my opinion, if, if like I was to pick a condition to fish a bead in, I would prefer higher, darker water. Really? I mean, not murky. Like you still green want like a nice like, steelhead, dark green, yeah. you know, foot or two of visibility. I mean, it's incredible what I've caught those fish in on beads. It's it's crazy. But, you know, I, I'm sitting here, you're, you're sitting there talking about, <laughs> you know, you're sitting here talking about like you know, how you'd rather have the higher water. But, I mean, in the higher water, you get kind of more even flow through some of the runs, some of the tail outs, right. you know, and honestly on, on a river that I fish a lot when the water is, you know, up and high is when I'm fussing out the doggers and the bead mm -hmm. rods. And if yeah. that water gets, you know, even moderately low, like forget about it. Yep. I can't buy them on a bee. It's all worm jig bait show. Right. Um, and I, yeah. So in a way, but on the flip side of that, 
and this other little tiny river when it gets really low and clear and the fish start holding in the riffles and holding in cover. Choppy like water. The choppy stuff water like stuff. Yep. You have to like, the only way you can target them and I can't get at them. I guess it also depends on the size of the river. Right. I think starting. it's right. It's going to be your river and, and then what your conditions are because you're right. When that water's high and, and it's moving and you have some color to the water, I think those fish set up in the you know, the perfect spot for a bead, you know, they tend to sit in the backs of the too. tail outs and you're constantly getting new fish coming and stuff like that. So I think that's kind of where that, you know, sets up for that. So you don't fish like the, the 48 mils or anything? Oh my God. <laughs> no, but he was funny. I, I, I saw some guys doing it this year. Actually, Ryan Beck was doing it fishing. We're like this. calling all these guys. Well, I mean, Beck. Right now, yeah, great. but it was working. Like yeah. he was fishing it for fall Chinook this year and fishing those big beads. And I mean, he wasn't like laying the pipe to him, but it was counting for a bite or three or yeah. four a day, you know, which is, I mean, that's to say something when you, you get that many extra yeah, opportunities. Yeah, I saw I saw a post the other day on the Addicted Forum. A guy was just like strictly fishing beads for fall chinook. Yeah, I fish well, regular be beads fair, for them a lot. To be fair, one of the camps I worked at up in Alaska, they switched over to some big twenty-two or twenty-eight or some. Well, especially as like an outfitter, how much money is that going to well, save you? Well, right. but no, but, but see, too. these guys put up eggs. I mean, these guys. Yeah, that's I mean, what I mean. That, I mean, these guys. I mean, dude, I had a cure. I, actually, the year I was there, I was in charge of all the egg curing. Mm -hmm. Oh my god! I mean, five gallon buckets a day. Yep. And yep. halfway through the season, they started busting out the big bead show. And there was like, those beads were out fishing. They were out fishing. The, now, it's a target-rich environment. But like, if you can go up there and you can go catch 50 kings and only fish a big bead and never rebate, never yeah, get stripped by a clients don't have to touch trout or something, or mm -hmm. never, and you're just being efficient, like... Yeah, uh, yeah, it's it's quite a it's quite a joke because some of the other guys didn't switch over as quick as the other ones up there, so I get to hear about it. Yeah, <laughs> and so yeah. they're giving each other crap. They were hammering, and honestly, that river is very similar to rivers that you'll find size wise on the Oregon coast. I mean, it's nothing mm -hmm. extraordinary. It's not like a giant Willamette or anything. Right, it's right. uh you know what we what we fish yeah. tributary stuff. So. Well, and I think isn't it sets up to a lot of that like bob or dogging style i mean isn't that how they fish bait up there on a lot of that they, stuff? yeah except for it's like a slinky that they drag with like it's it, i mean essentially it's bobber dogging but it's like a slinky they drag with like 10 of the big bbs right. I and mean, these things are like they've got to weigh like two ounces and then they use the big uh like the big wobbler floats as the bobbers Oh no, kidding! Yeah, so it's like it's that's like the video that the videos that you've showed me, right? Where you guys were, yeah, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, it's bobber dogging on steroids. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like the bobber's really like the size of this freaking <laughs> microphone right here. Oh, easily, yeah, yeah, yeah that's giant, crazy. like pop can, pop can for sure. <laughs> I think it just shows the transition fishermen are making the the like the new age of fishing. You know, how, where fishing's going and how it just continually people are adapting to, to different styles of fishing. Because years, uh, I can tell you this, five years ago, you'd never see someone put a beat on the, you know, fishing. Well, that's what I was going to say. It's like, when did this really become as big as it is? Right. Now? It's crazy how many mm -hmm. people fish beads. Mm -hmm. I think there's a line too where people have, you know, I mean, let's be honest, we're all on the internet. <laughs> we all listen. You're listening to this podcast right now. Like, right. I think a lot more anglers are a little more informed than they were. Back 100%. in the day, and I think those informed anglers that can find a technique and be just extremely efficient. Like, think about like a new angler, right? This he is can either try simplistic. to play and figure out the egg game. He's got to first, right. he's got to source eggs, then he's got to find a cure that he likes, then he's got to like Get the cure, cure it right. the right way, find the store cure the fish the right legs. Way. Yeah, but he's got to do all these different things, and then he's got to go out and actually be able to fish them. Right. Or he goes and gets himself a little incognito bead from Lurd, learns yep. how to tie a bead stop. Yep. 
and just starts plucking around the river. And guess what? He's in Catch the game. Fish, yeah. He's in the game now. He went from not being in the game or, you know, learn a big, sharp learning curve to all right. of a sudden I'm Now, I will fish. say there's been times like I have fished, especially on some of the rivers you fish, where mm-hmm. there's very highly competitive. Uh, yeah, there's And it does definitely pay to be different. And when those guys show up with eggs, they can find some fish that maybe right. the other ones will miss. I mean, because let's let's just be honest, not every steel is probably going to bite a bead. And, some right. might have saw one one way and didn't like it. And, yep. You know, I don't so know. Also, too, just, when I first started seeing beads coming out, there was not this availability. Yeah. And you did not have no. It was killer four pink companies killer or anything. Yeah, you yeah, didn't have this was. many. Yeah. You didn't have this many companies making all this crazy stuff too. I mean, like soft beads, hard beads with soft around them. Incognito. Yeah, so when I started bead fishing, like. The only company I bought beads from was Joanne Fabrics. And, right, because, <laughs> yeah, right? Joanne. <laughs> well, I mean, that Trout Bees was like kind of the, you know, they that were a Montana-based company. And that was the brand. Mm-hmm. And like, that was all you knew that was around, you know. I mean, there was a few here and there of other brands doing like, I don't even know if they were technically beads like for this, you know. They're just the packages of beads and stuff, you know. It's, it's not I mean, I remember, I, remember, I remember when I first started bead fishing like probably 20, 25 years ago. They, they were called corkies and they floated. That's but right. They were, they they were bees. Were, yeah, right. <laughs> we all we all. But did it's that progressed, one. right? I mean, right. it went from corky to it went to the to the beads that yep. roll along the bottom. And mm-hmm. and for those trout guys, you know, yep. they're a little more like let's be honest. I mean, some of the stuff we throw at steelhead and get to bite, like you know, a well educated <laughs> yeah. resident trout is not, not going to play that. Well. Yeah. Like, no. Yeah. So. Yeah. So they fine tuned that, and then like then we like the idea of hard beads, mm-hmm. you know. And now we're trying to figure out ways. Then we go to soft bead. Well, then they slide and they manipulate. And now you go to incognito, which are those hard the best of both worlds. And it's like we just have figured out how to just be more and more and more efficient. And literally for like the last twenty five years, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just progressing. So yeah. Well, and then the style of fishing it too, you know, went from like yeah. you started the bead by drift fishing mm-hmm. it. And then guys started doing, you know, suspended float fishing with them and then dragging bottom. And now it's a bobber dogging style. You have a float. just gone like yeah. and now however it's just many floats enough. they've gone yeah. through. You used to I mean, chop their floats and now they're buying them like Yeah, that. when oh, I yeah. started, man, we were cutting like making Bomac them. floats and, and we, would, we would buy, uh, yeah, I would fish those uh, West Coast floats uh-huh. and we would chop those things down and they were, you know, 10 bucks a piece <laughs> and you're cutting <laughs> yeah. them in half, you know. And then, we, then we started figuring out. Well, you could use both sides of it, so you'd be threading the other one on upside down, and like you got this big old chunk and just laying on. It was just ugly. Now you got. I was these, using cork floats. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, or cork. Yeah. I, I was mean, thinking back to beads and like how far back they've went. The first bead I ever caught a fish on was that. And you guys remember this brand, that heavy beads? You remember oh, yeah, that? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's the, the first. Bead. First yeah. fish I've ever caught a bead on. The glass bead. You cast it on your line bead. and then all of a sudden you reel in your bead. It's all chipped. It got eaten. It was all chipped off and hit the rocks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They still good, yeah. They did, but it was, yeah. yeah, it was crazy. You cast out. I, I never forget that. I was like, I had, you know, had that rubber band and traps and you'd pull it yep. through and it slid it. down every other cast and you were pissed as hell. Yeah. 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 <laughs> just dink with it, but it worked. So you then you'd reel in and you'd have no bead on and you'd be like, all right, I'm putting bait on. You know, because you don't want to re-rig the whole process but yeah it's a super effective way man i just i think it's a great way for beginners and it's a great way for this year too we actually got some water yeah like it just seems like it i mean it feel i feels like it feels normal you know we had some water in october and it just it feels like a normal year and i think it's going to be a yeah yeah december was quite a a light and mild year so far good yeah, it'll be interesting if we, you know, if this weather pattern continues. Because if you remember last year, well, the last couple of years, we got some rain in that January, February, 
but then it was like just gone. Oh yeah, until That's April the sportsman show, which I was okay with. Yeah, I know. I know yeah. you were. <laughs> and now I'm just like, I don't even know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, no rain. I'm the no rain guy, so you guys can That's all right. have your rain. But I know. God, it's frustrating. <laughs> I'm fishing 800 days a year. <laughs> I'm blown out or <laughs> no water. Nope, still fishing over here. Oh, uh, yeah, but you got a brood stock program, so let's not go That's there. true. <laughs> yeah. We already went through that on another I'll podcast. Take, We're not going to go I'll there. I'll take mine where I can get it. <laughs> <laughs> what about uh, what about hooks? Because now we got to talk hooks because you want to talk about, like, you know, becoming efficient and actually, like, starting to specialize things and the technique itself. I mean – Honestly, I mean, I, I, I can still remember like fishing with the bead hooks. Yeah, I mean, I can even remember like just sliding the corky down on the hook, drifting along a little piece, a little tuft of yarn, but sometimes mm -hmm. not. And just, I can remember we had summer steelhead run so strong and a little pink pearl corky. That's all it was. Oh, and God, it was just running the end of the hook and it didn't, it didn't even matter. Right. And now it's, oh, you got to have a bumper, you got this, you got this specialized hook. Shoot, I think I was using the red one-aught. I mean, I, I don't Bait know. Bait hook. Oh, it was right. straight up. <laughs> Any hook, eagle claw, eagle claw. matter. <laughs> right. But it's like now, you know, with the gapping and stuff and how important it is to like when you have that gap and the fish grabs the grabs the bead and then the, you want that, you're looking for a hookup like through the maxillary of the fish. I mean, that's mm -hmm. bone. And it's a very, very tough spot to hook up. That's why I feel like a bead hook is so important though, to have one that is exactly designed perfectly to fish beads. What, right. what makes a good design in a bead hook? In my opinion, there's a couple of things. I mean, your gapping is, is real important, you know, depending on right. what size, you know. And you mean the gapping between like the, the straight part of the shank and the yep, point. Exactly. So if, I guess I could use this jig hook, but you know, you take a, this, this gap in between the hook mm -hmm. and if you're fishing a 20 mil bead and a size four hook, your bead is much bigger than that gap. So it's what happens that fish bites, you pull it through that there's no hook. It's just going through the other side with the gapping of the bead. And so you got to really size your bead to your hook. And so, so what size is real important with whatever size bead you're fishing. And then I would say offset and eye angle, I think are the, probably the three like huge factors to having a successful bead hook. And I have fished every damn hook on the market. <laughs> there's and, a ton. I yeah. mean, not, nothing specifically designed for beads. Right. I mean, there's yet. a few coming out or that had come out that, that were not specific for beads, but better for beads. Yeah, right. But hopefully, there's some good news in pipe. Yeah, and I think that good news is going to be called the Advantage Bead Hook from Addicted. Yes, yes. So, you know, we'll let the cat out of the bag right here, right now, just because, well, we can, and it's our podcast, and we do what we want. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> but you're right, having a specialized hook. So we spent, you know, the last year, and we've, we've kind of talked about this in some of our podcasts and some of our um, other platforms videos addicted life videos when we were right. fishing with you and big dave down yep. there and, you know we kind of we, we were kind of hinting and alluded to it but you know mustad's come out with some really nice coatings some very slick very hard very thin coatings right that they're putting on the hook like we're all used to like black nickel right and you know when you're talking about putting a hook through the maxillary bone of a steelhead i mean you need a sharp point you need a point that performs well and doesn't nick the first time it rubs against a rock because if you're fishing beads correctly what are you doing exactly you're dragging mm -hmm. the bottom and that's what a lot of people don't realize is as that hook drags along the bottom that hook point is hitting right. every rock you right. know and so you need and and not all hook point i mean people just have this assumption that hook points are the same and that yeah the sharp sharp is sharp is sharp now they can make 
the sharpest hook point in the world, but the first time it probably even touches the water, it's, <laughs> it's going to fold over. Right? It's going to yeah. fold over. Yeah. And depending on like the black nickel coatings that are out on the market or the red coatings, even like I've even learned a lot, like while we've developed this hook, but even yes. adding like the red color coatings to them actually change the thickness and the points and the durabilities of the points of the hooks. Yep. That's <laughs> why I don't fish red hooks. And so, Oh, you don't. Okay. So I don't, because is what I found over time yeah. is that that coating that they put on there eventually wears off. And it beca- and it makes the hook thicker as well, and so that right because that it hook wears becomes, down yep. the hook from the point. If you can imagine them from the point down like a Christmas tree, you're cutting off the top mm, of the Christmas right. tree. Yep, and that's exactly it. And so with this TX coating they've had, and that we've like been testing and playing with, we noticed like you can fish that hook point along the bottom a lot, and the way that the hook is like shaped and designed, it actually adds like a durability factor to it, to where it doesn't just tap the rock and pink bends rolls the hook over or bends the hook yep. over. Yeah, it's also extremely sharp. Very sharp. And so that coating um, with the hook design is going to go through that damn steelhead's bone, and then the offset, like you talked about, the yep. offset. Of the, I think the offset of the high uh, of the eye, excuse me, when uh, it was the third point I was getting at before we got right, yeah. <laughs> got onto it. That offset is huge because that the way that that hook runs through the mouth and bites, if it doesn't connect with enough of that maxillary bone or enough of that jaw, I think you get like. That's where you get the hookup that's like, I got it, wah, 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 gone. gone. Yep. And they're gone. And if you don't get that, if you don't have that gapping right between the point and the shank, you don't get a solid hookup. Right. It's not necessarily about hooking fish. It's about hooking them right. Right. And and I think there's a lot to that. There's a, that's a huge, huge thing, I think. And that's what we've, you know, we tested it quite a bit. And it's been as successful as a hook as I've fished for beads. So I'm excited about it. You know, it's going to be, it's going to be awesome. Yep, we're gonna have those even in sizes one, twos, threes, and fours. Really, yeah. it's a perfectionist sport, damn it. That's right. That's right. <laughs> right on. Yes, sir. So, well, thank you guys so much for tuning into this podcast. Hopefully, we shedded some light on some bead fishing. Pop off here, and uh, we'll uh, see you guys on the next one. See you guys. All right, guys. See you on the water.